Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and help keep this show alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For more of your favorite old-time radio shows, join us on our companion podcast, Choice Classic Radio Mystery, Suspense, Dramas, and Horrors, where we bring to you the most mysterious tales that the golden age of radio had to offer. And now, with 677 episodes made, airing on the Mutual Broadcast Network from 1937 to 1954, we bring to you The Shadow. The Shadow. With today's thrilling adventure, your blue coal dealers commence a new season and a sensational new series of The Shadow, your favorite mystery drama. These programs have been made possible by your friendly cooperation and support of our product, Blue Coal. And on behalf of our sponsors and our cast, may I express appreciation to you, our listeners, for bringing us all together again this year. In just a moment, The Shadow's first exciting adventure begins. Meanwhile, homeowners, attention. Don't be deceived by the balmy days of Indian summer. All signs point to chilly fall weather and a long, cold winter. So don't take chances. Decide now to order a supply of blue coal. It's Pennsylvania's finest anthracite. Trademark blue as your guarantee of even, dependable, healthful heat, no matter what the weather. Your nearest blue coal dealer stops blue coal in all household sizes. Phone him tomorrow. The Shadow, Lamont Cranston, a man of wealth, a student of science, and a master of other people's minds, devotes his life to righting wrongs, protecting the innocent, and punishing the guilty. Using advanced methods that may ultimately become available to all law enforcement agencies, Cranston is known to the underworld as The Shadow. Never seen, only heard, as haunting to superstitious minds as a ghost, as inevitable as a guilty conscience. Today's story, Traffic in Death. Where's my son? He was completely recovered. You were going to let him out of the sanitarium today. What's happened? According to the reports, he suffered a relapse in the night and died. I'm sorry. Dead. Dead. But how? Why? 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 Jim. Jim, answer me. Why is he so pale, so quiet? Your husband suffered a relapse after a severe hemorrhage, Mrs. Kidd. I'm sorry. He is dead. Dead? No, he can't be dead. He was to go home today. How did it happen? Why did you let it happen? Why? Last night, I knew my wife, Maria, here in the sanitarium. They say she's getting better. 
Now you try to tell me. He's still the dead. The dead. I'm sorry, Tony, but here's the report. Relapse after hemorrhage. No. 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 You sent to me, Dr. Lee? Yes. As chief laboratory scientist, what do you know about these hemorrhage cases? Six dead in six days. No more than you, Dr. Lee. They're unfortunate, sir. I believe there's far more to it than that. I believe it's murder. Murder? Have you any proof? No. Not positive proof. And I don't want to notify the police and involve the sanitarium in a scandal until I'm sure. What are you going to do about it, Dr. Lee? Do? I've already telegraphed an old friend of mine, Lamont Cranston. He's flying down from Maine. And he'll get to the bottom of this. I'll stake my life on it. Yes, Dr. Lee. I believe you would stake even your life for the honor of this sanitarium you have made so great. Even your life. Yeah, traffic's heavy tonight, Marco. <laughs> Why so quiet? Regretting the end of your summer vacation in Maine? No, I'm remembering all the things I forgot to pack in our wild rush to catch the plane from Portland. I'm sorry, Margot. You could have stayed, but I had to come. Lamont Cranston, who needs the protection of the shadow this time? Who sent you that telegram? That telegram was from a man who once saved, although he doesn't know it, the life of the shadow. Anyone I know? You've met him. Dr. Randolph Lee, chief of staff of the Memorial Sanitarium. Dr. Lee? Why, he's one of the greatest surgeons in the country. Yes. He's the one who removed that bullet nestling close to my spine. Oh, I'll never forget that. I thought you were going to die. But what's wrong with Dr. Lee? Now it's his turn, Margot. He thinks he's going to die. But Lamont, a famous man like Dr. Lee, who would want to kill him? Why? That's what I hope to find out. Well, here's the sanitarium. Come along. I'll explain on the way up to his office. He's waiting. Yeah. Let me help you out of the car. Thank you, Mont. He isn't afraid of being murdered. Not in a big sanitarium like this with his staff all around him. Caesar was murdered while surrounded by his staff, Margot. Oh, then Dr. Lee's afraid of one of his associates. So that's why he hasn't called in the police. Exactly. He hasn't enough proof to arrest the man. And he doesn't want the sanitarium involved in a public scandal. But there's more to it than that. Uh, this way, Margot. What else is there? Murder. Wholesale murder. Wait a minute, Margot. Oh, nurse. Yes, sir. I'd like to see Dr. Lee. He's expecting me. Oh, you're Mr. Cranston? Yes. Dr. Lee left orders that you would go right up to his office in his private elevator. Will you step in here, please? Thank you, nurse. After you, Margot. My, a private elevator. Just press the button marked Dr. Lee, Mr. Cranston. It will take you directly to his office. Thank you, nurse. We'll manage. Lamont, you say Dr. Lee suspects someone of wholesale murder, but there hasn't been a word in the papers. Death's not an unusual occurrence in a big sanitarium, Margot. And there are many more ways of killing than with a gun or a club. Well, were these people killed in some unusual way? They died of anemia, acute anemia, because every ounce of their blood was drained from their bodies. Oh, I never heard of such a thing. Does Dr. Lee suspect someone in the sanitarium? He didn't want to say over the phone. That's why he begged me to hurry here when I called him from the airport. I'm afraid Lee's in danger if the killer suspects he's onto him. Here we are, Lamont. All right, Mark. Well, hello, Dr. Lee. I came as quickly as I could. Lamont! Dr. Lee. Well, what is it, man? 
Are you ill? Simba, look. Look at his face. Margot, get a glass of water. That decanter there. No, wait a minute. Never mind. It's no use. He's... Dead? Are you sure? Positive. But there's no sign of violence. Yes, there is, Margot. Look here. He's been stabbed in the back with a surgical knife. Oh, Lamont, how ghastly. A great man like Dr. Lee murdered. I was afraid of something like this. Margot, we've got to be careful. This killer is desperate. He'll stop at nothing to cover up his crimes. He's murdered one of the greatest men of medicine. Lamont! And I've got... The automatic elevator is going down. Let it go. Someone else has called it down, and they may be coming up here. Let's wait and see. The man who murdered him knows we're here, and he may do something that will make our jobs easier. The elevator stopped. Lamont, the police will have to be notified. Yes, but I have a hunch that Commissioner Weston and his homicide squad are going to need help to crack this case. The elevator's coming back up. Get away from me, Lamont. Stand behind the cur- curtain there. Keep out of sight. What are you going to do, Lamont? That depends on who steps out of that elevator. Margot, get behind those curtains, please. The elevator's almost here. Be careful, Lamont. Keep out of sight, Margot. It's just possible Lee's killer may be returning to cover up his crime. Dr. Lee. Oh, I beg your pardon, Doctor. I thought you were alone. Did Dr. Lee send for you? Yes, sir. I'm Hardwick in charge of the laboratory. Why? What's wrong? Dr. Lee. Dr. Lee. He's sick. Who are you? What are you doing here? How did this happen? How did what happen? I, I beg your pardon, sir. I only meant till he was in perfect health less than an hour ago. I couldn't help thinking. A surgical knife can save a life or end it in an instant. Look in his back. Knife? Who are you? What are you doing here? I am Lamont Cranston, a friend of Dr. Lee's. I talked to him on the phone an hour ago. I arrived a few minutes ago and found him dead. Why haven't you notified the police? How do you know I haven't, Mr. Hardwick? Just how long have you been here? Not long enough to have killed Dr. Lee, as your cross-examination seems to infer. No? We'll see what the police think. Hello? Hello, operator. Get me police headquarters. Quick. Cranston, Dr. Lee has been dead less than five minutes. And I find you here alone with him. Not quite alone, Mr. Hardwick. Who is this woman? Why was she hiding? This young lady is Miss Lane, Mr. Hardwick. Hello. Hello. Hurry up that call, operator. Police headquarters? This is Mr. Hardwick of the Memorial Sanitarium. Dr. Randolph Lee, chief of staff, has been murdered in his private office. I I found a man named Cranston and a girl alone in the room with the body. Yes. Yes. I'll see they don't leave before your men arrive. Very well done, Hardwick. The police will get the truth out of you when they get here. Yes, Hardwick. The truth will out. And when it does, someone will hang for this. Well, Cranston, the story of the nurse who sent you up here to Dr. Lee's private office, along with the coroner's report on the time of the death, completely clears you and Miss Lane of any suspicion. Thank you, Commissioner Weston. Thanks, Commissioner. Your cars arrived from headquarters, Commissioner Weston. You can go down the hall and take the main elevator if you like. Thank you, Hardwick. I will. I'm not much on these elevators you run by yourself. Say, Cranston, drop into headquarters tomorrow, will you? I'd like to get a transcript of what Dr. Lee told you when you called him from the airport. It might give us a lead. I'll be glad to, Commissioner. Good. Goodbye, Miss Lane. That's all we had to change. I didn't mind. Goodbye, Commissioner. Well, Hardwick, are you convinced of our innocence? I'm terribly sorry to have been so hasty in my accusations, Cranston. And you, Miss Lane. 
nothing of it. Uh, by the way, Cranston, uh, just what did Dr. Lee tell you over the phone? If there are any clues, I might be able to help. That's just what I've been thinking, Hardwick. You're in charge of the sanitarium lab, I understand. Why, uh, yes. Yes, I am. Do you conduct any experiments in line of duty or on your own? Oh, no, no. My duties are routine. Then I don't suppose you know that at least six patients have died in the sanitarium within the past month. Yes. But what is this to do with Dr. Lee's death? That's what I'm hoping you'll tell me, Mr. Hardwick. What do you mean? Hardwick, you know and I know that six patients have died in the sanitarium because every ounce of blood had been drained from their bodies. Yet in all cases, their deaths were ascribed to natural causes. Oh. So you know. You've known all along. Yes. Dr. Lee told me over the phone. Why didn't you tell Commissioner Weston? Because there are two pieces of the puzzle still missing. The criminal and the motive. I see. Well, uh, if you will wait here, I may have something in my laboratory that will complete the picture for you. I'll take Lee's private elevator and be back in a moment. We'll wait here. Lamont. You act as if you suspect Mr. Hardwick. I do, Margot. But why did you let him leave? If he's guilty, he'll run away. No, Margot. If he's guilty, he'll come back and try to kill us for the same reason Dr. Lee was murdered. We know too much. What are you going to do? Call Commissioner Weston? No, Margot. Weston is only concerned with Dr. Lee's death. I want to know how those six helpless patients died and why. I think the time has come for the shadow to take a hand. Can I help Lamont? Yes. If you're game to stay here and wait till Hardwick comes back. Of course I will. Tell Hardwick I had to leave. Tell him I'll be back in ten minutes. What will I say to Hardwick? Lead him on, Margot. Make him think we have proof of his guilt. If he is guilty, he'll hang himself with a rope of words. Where are you going, Lamont? Nowhere, Margot. Nowhere. Just into the shadows. In the shadows. <laughs> Shadow's adventure continues in just a moment. Meanwhile, here's a must for all homeowners. Make no mistake about it. For home heating, anthracite is by far the best fuel. And by far the best anthracite is blue coal. Blue coal is mined by the Glen Alden Coal Company. And its harmless blue coloring is your guarantee of better heat at less cost. Steady, uniform, healthful heat that prevents colds and cuts down doctor's bills for your entire family. With this finest of Pennsylvania anthracite, there is no quick chilling of the house, such as you often get with fuels of the on and off type, that flare up and die out. And bear in mind the fact that heating plants in this part of the country were especially designed to burn anthracite. So before fall's uncertain weather catches you unprepared, call your nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow. Ask him for a blue coal in any of its four popular domestic sizes. Egg, tea, chestnut, or stove. You'll find your nearest blue coal dealer's name listed in the where to buy section of your classified telephone directory under the name Blue Coal. Remember, for even dependable heat at all times, always insist on America's finest anthracite, Blue Coal. what 
There's Cranston, Miss Lane. He had to leave the sanitarium, but he'll be back in ten minutes, Mr. Hardy. Why did he leave? What is he doing? I don't know. You're lying. He's gone to notify the police. Why should he notify the police? Because. Oh, I see. Trying to trick me into talking, eh? But you don't have to do that, Miss Lane. I'll tell you. I'll tell you anything you want to know. Then why was Dr. Lee murdered? Because he found out about those falsified death reports. Why was every ounce of blood drained out of the bodies of those poor people? Because blood is valuable. This sanitarium buys thousands of dollars worth of blood for transfusion. We stock it up all types. We keep it in a special refrigerator we call a blood bank. You want to know anything else, Miss Lane? In other words, Dr. Lee caught someone killing helpless men and women for their blood to sell to the sanitarium. Is that it? Yes. That is the motive your friend Cranston was hunting. Money. Blood money. You seem to know everything, Mr. Hardwick. Perhaps you know who robbed those people of their blood. Who murdered Dr. Lee? Of course, Miss Lane. I am in charge of the blood bank. I needed money. I falsified the death certificates. I murdered Lee. Why are you telling me all this? Because, as any psychologist would tell you, a criminal cannot resist boasting. And it is quite safe to boast to someone who is not going to live long enough to tell. What? What good will it do you to kill me? Lamont Crafton will be back in a few minutes. And when he does come back, I will boast to him. Satisfy his meddling curiosity as I've satisfied yours. And then kill him in the same way I killed the others. And you... You can't get away with it. In our basement morgue, the unidentified dead come from the emergency ward. Two more bodies. Yours and Mr. Cranston's will go to the morgue unnoticed. There's no use backing away, Miss Lane. And you call yourself a scientist. You're no scientist. You're a butcher. It is useless to scream. This office is soundproof, isolated. How convenient for you, Mr. Hardwick. You keep looking around as if expecting help or don't bother. I'm going to take you out of here before your friend Cranston returns. Then I will come back and deal with him. You're not taking me anywhere. I wonder what type blood you have. Don't worry, there'll be no pain. The anesthetic will take care of that. Now, you might as well resign yourself to fate, Miss Lane. No one is going to come out of space and save you. (laughs) Such things have been known to happen, Mr. Hardwick. What was that? Resign yourself to fate, Hardwick. You are convicted by yourself, by your boasting. Your ego has condemned you to death. Death for the murder of seven men and women. That voice. Where is it coming from? Wait, Hardwick. Listen to me. I am more than a voice. I am in this very room, close to you, watching you draw that revolver you left the room to get. Haven't you had enough killing? Behind those curtains, eh? Well, come out. Come out quick or I'll shoot. A revolver is a crude weapon. We'll see. Now, perhaps you will believe, Hardwick. Who are you? Where are you? Wait, Hardwick. Surely your scientific studies have made you aware of the powers of hypnosis, whereby a man might render himself unseen. A science practiced by a man known to the criminal world as the shadow. Shadow? Yes, Hardwick. I am the shadow. You have defiled man's noblest profession. You have brought death with the skill meant to save life. You have struck like a human vampire in this great sanitarium, this sanctuary of the sick. And you are going to pay for it with death. If I could only see you. No man living has ever seen the shadow. So you think you'd save this girl? Trap me. Turn me over to the police, eh? Well, not this time. Let go of her. Don't come near me, Shadow, or I'll kill Miss Lane here or now. I can't. He'll shoot you. That's right, Mr. Shadow. I'll shoot her. Get in that elevator, Miss Lane. Shadow! Shadow, do you hear me? 
What have you done to her? Listen to me, Shadow. You can't follow me. There are a thousand rooms in this sanitarium. You have one chance in a thousand of fighting this girl before I'm finished with her. If you notify the police before I have a chance to get away, no one will ever find her again. Do you hear me? Do you understand? Yes, you fiend. I hear you. I understand. But if you harm Miss Lane, I'll track you to the ends of the earth. Anesthetic that only brings unconsciousness quicker. Breathe deep, Miss Lane. Deep. You can dream that your friend Lamont Cranston has come to help you. And the shadow. You can dream of him too. But neither of them will ever find this laboratory here in the cellar so close to the morgue. And I'll get them both before I'm through. And then no one will know and I can go on and on. <laughs> You are a benefactor to humanity, Miss Lane. A blood donor. Some poor fool. A thousand rooms. One chance in a thousand. Hardwick means to kill Margot, whether I search for her or not. A thousand rooms. He went down. But the whole sanitarium is down. Wards, labs, operating rooms, corridors. Down. I must find her. I must. How are you today, Mary? Oh, just fine, Jack. The nurses are going to let me leave the sanitarium to... Jack, look! What is it, Mary? Oh, that door. It just opened and closed, but there was no one there. Oh, now, Mary, control <laughs> yourself. You've had a bad time. You just imagined it, oh, dear. Oh, no, no. I saw it open and close. I just, I saw the door handle turn, but there was no one there. <laughs> it's no use. One chance in a thousand. I've got to try something else. Something else. How about another game before we go on duty, Bill? No, I gotta be gone. Operation and surgery. Everybody's on edge since Lee was murdered. Say, I wonder why Hardwick spends so much time in the old storerooms next to the morgue. He's fixed it up as an experimental lab. <laughs> I wonder what made me think of Hardwick. It was almost as if someone were asking me where to find him. <laughs> the lab near the morgue. That's it. his life or mine. Lee told him too much. And the shadow, what I would give to have him here on the operating table. I wonder if he could keep in the shadows if I drained his lifeblood away. <laughs> You'll never know, Hardwick. You? So you found me. I warned you. I warned you not to follow me. I'll kill Miss Lane. That's I... what you're uh, trying to do. Come on. Uh, you are real. Unfortunately for you, yes! Come on. Come 
Margot. Yes, Margot. Thank heavens I found you in time. Audrey. Where is he? I knocked him out. I still. I'll get help. But the shadow. They'll put two and two together. What you will get you are the shadow. Hopper will tell them about the shadow. We must risk it. You've got to have medli- medical attention. No, I'll be all right. It's just anything. Come on. Come on, look out. Hopper's getting up. So you are the shadow, are you, Cranston? Well, here's where I kill two birds with one shot. Gone. I missed you. Gone back into the shadows again, have you? Yes. And this time you won't escape. Yes, I will, shadow. They'll never take me. No one can do it, I tell you. You're insane, Hardwick. Oh, no, Shadow. I know what's in store for me. You won't get me. They'll never hang me. Never! (laughs) A coward to the very end. You have paid for your crimes against a profession which conferred upon you the mantle of honor. Against a great sanitarium and a great man of medicine who trusted Against helpless humanity, you were trained to save, not kill. You have paid for this final cowardice. And you will go on paying. Shadow, he's dead. Yes, dead. And may heaven have mercy on his soul. Cranston, I hope this will teach you and Miss Lane not to keep things from the police. If you'd told me about your phone conversation with Dr. Lee, this wouldn't have happened. But Commissioner Weston, Hardwick might have escaped before you could find proof enough to arrest him. Nonsense, Miss Lane. I suspected him all the time. Well, Commissioner, this is one case where you didn't need the help of the shadow. The shadow? He wouldn't have cracked this case in a month of Sundays. (laughs) He's just another amateur criminologist like you, Cranston. (laughs) I shouldn't be at all surprised. Before the shadow returns, John Barclay, Blue Coal's heating expert, has a few words for all of you. Mr. Barclay. Good evening, friends, and thank you, Ken Roberts. If you're interested in having a healthier, more comfortable home this winter, be sure and call your local Blue Coal dealer. You'll find that in addition to being a fuel dealer, he is an authority on modern home heating. For more than seven years, it's been my privilege to train servicemen for blue coal dealers everywhere. And I know that these men, known as John Barclay servicemen, have aided thousands of families like yours to enjoy greater heating comfort at less cost. I'd like to read you briefly a part of a letter typical of those received from customers using blue coal and John Barclay service. I quote, I want to tell you how courteous your John Barclay representative was and the wonderful results I've been getting since adhering to his advice. Since using blue coal and doing just as we were advised by your young man, we are getting steady, real heat and would not use any other but your blue coal, unquote. And don't forget, friends, no matter what kind of fuel you use or what your heating problem, your blue coal dealer will always be glad to help you. So feel free to call on him. You place an expert John Barclay serviceman at your disposal. I thank you. Friends, tonight's drama, a radio version of one of the many copyrighted stories which appear in the Shadow Magazine, 
now on sale at your local newsstand, was not intended as a reflection on any of the thousands of splendid sanitariums throughout the country. These institutions are conducted according to the highest of medical standards, and their doctors and scientists are among the most skilled and ethical men in the profession. All the characters and all the places named in this evening's program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Same station, Blue Coal, America's finest anthracite, will again present another thrilling adventure of the shadow. Be sure to listen, and be sure to burn Blue Coal, the solid fuel for solid comfort. That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible. <laughs>